took a little bit. Took a little bit to get you on the show. We had to, we had to come to you. You're a busy guy. I don't know about that, but I appreciate <laughs> being on the show. It's just it's a little hectic right now. I have multiple companies. Four young, well, a thirty year old son will be this April, but and then three other young sons. So yeah, it's been a little hectic. That's all. No, so uh, tell us what businesses do you have in this building? This is pretty pretty big size place you have here. So I have one SEO digital agency that's here. I own Shock IT out of here also. We also have another location in Utah, and we have probably, well, now everyone's half and half. Uh, I don't know how they actually do the teams, each mm. part, each company, but I know they rotate them. Mm. Um, CJ and Scott, we know their actual schedules. And then we have a, probably about 40 remote employees now. Oh, wow. Awesome. Was, was there like a big increase to go remote because of COVID, or was it always like a decent size remote? We never had one remote employee prior to COVID. Um, we might have had one, actually. Uh, one that'd be a lie. But uh, now we um, COVID hit. Thank God we were set up as a technology company. Everybody brought their computers home. No one skipped a beat, and we just moved forward. And uh, now I don't think you're going to get people in five days a week ever again in any organization, unless you're like a retail where people actually physically have to be there. I don't believe uh, any organization that's in technology, IT, anywhere where you can work – and instead of a desk, I believe employees are going to demand that they get some time from home to do it also. Do you see, like, a, a benefit in the employee, like, and, in, in like, do you see, like, an, a morale change? Like, do you, see any, do you see anything from, you know, watching down from the top, like, any benefits from that? Well, right, we're in a very crazy time. This isn't like you just, we just decided, everybody decided to go remote, right? We went through a pandemic, they say. Government's giving out free money right now, like there's no tomorrow, right? So I cannot work and just collect money. I mean, I have friends of mine that are making eight fifty, nine hundred bucks a week, just not working. Yeah. So who does that affect? Small businesses, mm. right? It doesn't affect you know Amazon, right? They don't care. Um, do you find it like because of that you know benefit existing in the world right now? Do you find it's hard? getting new recruits or, like, growing your employee enterprise? Any company that tells you that they're not struggling. See, what people don't realize is you got two type of business owners. <clears throat> you got your bullshit artist that you see on Facebook and Instagram. The guy that's just bullshitting everyone. Everything's great. Does that, then you got the real business owner like me that's just going to tell you how it is. It's a fucking struggle every day to get new employees in here to keep growing. Because if I can give you – think about this. If you never worked in digital marketing, you just graduated college, right? You can go work at Pizza Hut for two months, get fired, and go collect 800 bucks a week or 700 bucks a week. Why would you come work here for $50,000 and learn a trade? Yeah. Right? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Well, where I, where I find that it's like the money that's being allocated to, you know, those benefits, you know, the idea is good. Behind, it's, it's sound behind, in, in theory. But every time I talk to one of those individuals that's receiving some of those benefits, they're talking about, you know, what stocks they're trading you know, they just discovered Bitcoin on YouTube, and I'm all, and I'm always like taking it back. I'm like, wait, you're not working anymore. Now you're using that money to like go out into the world and do other things, and you're also not can, still not working. But like, how's this how, how's this going to play out in the long run when like this money doesn't really seem to be going to people that like need to put food on the table if they're using it to buy Bitcoin? Well, you're 100 percent right with that. The majority of the people that are taking the money could go work. Not the majority, but I'd say I don't know what percentage. I want, but the people I know that are taking it, every one of them could go out work. I don't know one person that's getting the money that couldn't go out and get a job. Yeah. Right. So that's number one. Number two, every business owner that I'm friends with, and that's pretty much all I hang out with. Not that I think I'm better than anyone, but my, you know, you. Your network is mostly business owners and the kids I grew up with, right? So I started hanging out with the same guys I grew up with. Never really changed my crowd. Same, but now I hang out with a bunch of business owners, right? We all have the same problem. Get good help. You know, you take a catering company, right, and they need cooks. A good cook used to make 15, 20 bucks an hour maybe, right? Now, why would you go work for that when you go collect unemployment and make more, right? So it's going to come to an end and... The political madness on both sides is going to come to an end, and they're going to take all that money, cut it off, and then it's going to be an employer's market. And they, where you're going to, I just said this to my people yesterday to my leadership team is the rubber's going to meet the road when you have an employee that's been off for a year, year and a half, collecting 850. And then you say to them, 
Yeah, but you have no real skill set. I got to train you. I'm starting you at 40, 45,000, 50,000 plus benefits. That's an, that's an intense idea to digest that I don't think anybody is. Well, no one's talking about it. Yeah. Right? And then, so now you're going to have that kid or young person saying, I'm not doing that. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean. You just wasted all that time, you know, where somebody else was building a skill set, a payable skill set. You, you know. You just are out smoking weed or drinking. Whatever it is that you do, you might be doing church work. I don't care what you're doing, but you're not working. You're not making yourself better. You're not investing in yourself, and you're being lazy, right? And everyone's increasing their prices. Look at all the service-based businesses. They're just increasing their – you want to increase minimum wage. You want to increase what you want to work? Okay, no problem. Now i got to increase my pricing. That goes on to the homeowners. We, we had to make decisions here at One SEO for us to keep growing. Is everyone the right client here? You know, maybe not at this point, right? Yeah. Because we're just in that transition. And that's not to be ma- mean or nasty because you're talking to a guy that's self-made as self-made gets. You know I mean, you, you're talking to a guy that didn't have two pennies. Talking to a guy that lived in a foster home, group home, that lived in an orphanage, that literally came from nothing. So I respect everyone, but it doesn't mean everyone can be your client in this environment and you want to grow. Yeah. No, that's that's powerful. So, like, taking us back, like, you, every, it's easy to, like, assess and, like, us, for us to come into this beautiful building you have here now and be like, wow, like, Lance is the man. But, like, what what did it take to get here? Like, how long have you been going at this? Like, take us through kind of, like, day one and then kind of we'll roll. You know what? I'm going to shoot you straight, Andrew. Yeah. I've never looked at myself as the man. The only person, I don't even look at myself as the man with my wife, honestly, and most guys would, right? I just don't, right? My wife is, I, I'll punt at my coverage. She's beautiful. She's better looking. She's funnier. She's the best thing that ever happened Guilty. to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I never looked at myself as I'm the man. I still don't. I look at I got very, very lucky by hard work, right? And I feel blessed. So I'm like just so, like, I don't care. The one thing I had that most people don't have I truly don't give a shit what people think about me. Besides my few close people that I grew up with, right, and my wife and my mom, and even then, I take everything with a grain of salt. Why is this being said to me? Why is this not being said to me? Are they right? Is it true? Are they coming from an angle? And it's hard to stand by your principles, and I do. I believe what I believe, and I've now spent, what people don't understand is, I didn't build all this. And this is the problem everyone has today. They want it today. I started selling Donnelly Directory when I was 21 years old, cold Kong in Downingtown, Westchester, with a phone book. Every single day, walking through doors. For over two years, what were you, I did What that. were you selling? Do, the phone book, Donnelly Directory. You probably, you're so yeah, young. I don't, I don't even you know, know what it is. is. Yeah. It, was, it was a wild coyote on the phone book. That's what it was. <laughs> all right. And I walked through, no lie. To your door and said, hey, are you looking for more business? Sure. Hey, how about I list you in the phone book? And I literally was the king of the Red Bull listing. I sold it for $29.99 a month. And I literally got the first three months as my commission. My salary was only $1,000 a year. $1,000 a month. So you gave me $12,000 in my salary when I started. (laughs) Yeah. No gas card, no company card. What year is that? Because even $12,000 back then probably wasn't anything. It was nothing. I mean, what was funny, I got offered a job with a $40,000 base selling copiers, and I turned it down. I didn't believe in copiers. I didn't think that was – I mean, I know everybody needs a copier, but no offense. Copier sales have to be down with the way digital has happened, right? Why? Is that because you felt like you – like, you don't all, like, tie it back to where you are now. Like, you don't get to where you are now without the ability to help people or help a lot of people or help a few people really well so like back then did you see that like the phone book was like you giving the opportunity to like actually give people an increase in business as opposed to the copier just was just a tool i wish i was that smart when i was 21 but i was like every other 21 year old kid i was drinking working having fun living i wish i wish i could tell you i was that smart yeah now when i got there i started working i saw how powerful it was and i was a believer right Mm -hmm. so that's different when i I actually got turned down for the job. So what most people don't realize, I interviewed at Donnelly Directory three times, and they turned me down. And Jeff Cartwright, who I still respect, I love him to this day, was the gentleman that hired me. His wife happened to be one of my school teachers when I was younger and knew I had a troubled past and got in trouble as a kid and this and that. So I didn't know this at the time, but I waited at one Balakinwood 
Plaza, right on Main Line Ave. And he pulled in in a Mercedes. They, everyone at Yellow Pages drove nice cars, except for, I think, Andy Arona, who was the wealthiest guy, drove the cheapest car, which is amazing to me. That's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. So, to make a long story short, I said to Jeff Cartwright, I, you guys turned me down three times now. I said, I won't be your all-star. I won't be your most best-talked person. I won't be any of those things, but I will be your hardest-working employee you've ever had in your lifetime. That I promise you. I will, out, I will outwork anyone. And he brought me up, and he hired me. And I never looked back, and I'm still grateful for Jeff Cartwright for giving me the opportunity. Changed my life, changed everything. And, you know, it's funny, um, Jeff's a, a black man. And, you know, when you grow up in Northeast Philly, Bucks County, you feel different ways about different things. And people ask me, do you see color now? Or do you, I, I've, I've never seen color really prior to that, but after that day, it was, ne- it was, and a black man helped save my brother Joe's life around the same time, a little bit before that. So I've never seen it, but here's a guy that hit the pinnacle, one of the top guys in corporate America that took a white trash kid that had nothing mm. and gave him a shot. Yeah. And so that, I'm always grateful for Jeff Cartwright. And he's still a friend of mine to today. I love him. But most people don't realize I went and got rejected over and over again there before. And I was the hardest working person. I worked rookie of the year for the whole entire country which is a big company back then. Mm. I won top salesperson of the year a few years in a row. And I just literally would work from 6, 7 in the morning to 8, 9, 10 every single night. Like, and I still do the same thing. I just outwork everyone. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's great to hear, though. What, like, in your ability to sell at that age, like, what gave you those skills leading up to that that, like, kind of gave you the ability to get in front of people and, like, find success in that? Like, did you bartend? Like, where, yeah, like, I mean, I, I, bar- I mean, I from? bounced. I, I mean, I don't have a big personality like some people. Some people have big personalities. My personality is really not that big as other people. Mm. But I'm not afraid of rejection, right? Okay. Like, when I would walk up to a girl and I'd hit on her and she would turn me down, I knew it wasn't me. Like, did her dog die? Did her cat die? Did her mom yell at her before yeah, she walked in? Clearly through? not me. I'm, I'm the man, like. No, not, not I'm not the man. Really. It's just, it's, I did nothing to offend you to get you that upset. And, you know what I mean? It's normally yourself that okay. if you got to be mean to another person or be rude, you're trying to make yourself feel better off it. I knew that at a young age. Mm-hmm. I knew that at a young age. When people get so worked up over things that don't impact them or happen, it's really they're just so miserable. Like okay. You look at social media today, people get so worked up and they jump in conversations. They're so unhappy with their own lives. They can't take a deep breath and just say, this doesn't matter. Yeah. So I've always looked at it that way. The rejection never bothered me, still doesn't bother me. Um, and I believe I've never done anything I don't believe in. If I don't believe in it and can't give it 150%, I won't do it. Okay. Like I just, I'm a true mindset. I just shut my wife's restaurant down in Center City, not because of the money. Clearly, you can see what's going on here. Mm. It's a small 30-man restaurant. I'm not saying that arrogantly. It's we couldn't give it 150%. Okay. We could, and there's people on Facebook saying you should have a better plan. This, I don't even get into it. Thank you guys very much. I wish you the best. We had a great plan. We had to make a decision when you're in multiple other companies. Yeah. You got to say, what is your time worth? What are you going to do with it? And if I can't make it as great as I want it to be every day, I'm not going to be part of it. Well, that's, 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 I kind of like from a distance um, watched you guys put that place together. Was Elm, Elm's place, right? Was Elm's it, place, my wife's. Yep. Yeah. Um, tough time to open a restaurant. That's like... It that's wasn't, like, though, because when we were open... Yeah. I mean, I'll shoot you straight. We did $100,000 our first four weeks. Wow. Most people don't realize that. We did $100,000. I have it documented in a toast system. Mm-hmm. 100, it was like ninety two, ninety three thousand, right? In four weeks. That's good money for a small place like that. With for sure. Not, and it was all locals. Because you get pull who who came in by credit cards and their zip codes on toast. It was all local people. The community down there is great. Mm. It wasn't a tough time. What it was was the city when they shut us back down again. I had to make a decision. I bought a company down south that has fifty employees. Going to do a lot of millions this year. Also, I just bought another company. I'm in the process of looking at another company right now. Me, my I have three young kids under seven. Mm. I only have so much time in a day. And I'm a very prideful guy. When my wife said, Lance, you're stressed out over someone giving someone a ketchup package with their French fries. And that's how of a perfectionist I am. Yeah. That's how detailed or I am. Like, I almost lost my shit because I asked a person twice to give ketchup out with French fries. And they didn't do it. I, I, I can sympathize with that. But I know that, like, 
I, n- I understand where the problem is there. My wife said sell it. Yeah. So, true. and my sister, who's my CFO, Joe Lynn's been with me from the beginning of time. She said, you're a businessman, Lance. You know, you got all this revenue coming everywhere else. I know. It. And the hardest thing I have to do is tell my wife that I, sold, I was selling because it's named after her. Mm-hmm. And the nice part is I own it outright. I don't have to worry about any of those things. If someone keeps it her name and concept, I'm going to give them a big discount on the price. That's fair. Yeah, I want her name and legacy to live on. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What, like, obviously, your the business here is creating like sales or creating opportunities for business owners. If like you had to like break it down into like a rudimentary explanation, like it very much seems like you are connecting, you know, people who are are capable of doing business and getting sales and just like putting a little bit of rocket fuel on them, like Lance's rocket fuel. It's, it's not, I mean, it, it's that simple. I mean, the problem is this, most people don't know marketing and most people don't have the wherewithal to stick with digital marketing because they want, we live in a world and this is what, it's one of the best things I've ever, I mean, I wish Anthony Kane was in here. Some young 23, 24 year old kid got up on stage while we're at LSA is out in uh, California about two, two and a half years ago, maybe two years almost right now. And, uh, he started his thing in front of, you got to remember, I'm 47 years old. So before this, I wore a shirt and tie every day to work, yeah. right? You know, for years, like it just was custom. And this kid gets on stage and says, you know, grinder, Tinder, you know, people are sleeping with each other on the first night. There's nothing more important than sex. This is how he starts this conversation, right? Yeah. And then he goes, your food, what you think is the most important to put into your body you can get off of Grubhub and Uber Eats right away, right? Now, you can, right? Then he talks about Airbnb, how you can just go book something right away. Everything is so instant. Business owners forget to build a great business takes time. To build a great brand takes time. Everyone wants to be that one viral guy that was drinking the Canberra juice, going down on a skateboard, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But that's only been one person you can mention like that in two, three years. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now you're fighting and trying to compete with that, but that's not reality. You know, so I tell people, building a brand, building digital marketing, you know, we have so many success stories here time and time again because my team is very direct with people of what the expectation is, and some people don't want to hear it. We have a client right now, great guy, super guy. He won't make it here as a client. He's been here 40 days and he's already questioning why ain't it working? Why is it jumping through the roof? I expected more sale. Dude, your PPC just la- literally went live a week and a half ago. Your social media went live three weeks ago. And he's already had leads. Yeah. But it's just not enough. So, like, people don't understand. You call it rocket fuel. I call it a steam ball. Once it gets going, it just gets more and more and more and more. The problem is some people want everything because we live in such an instant world. They want it immediately. And it's just they'll never be happy. You can't make them happy. So like you're so like if you have a client that's like a ideal client, that's that individual is kind of looking for you and the enterprise here to kind of take the the burden off of them to create a sys like a sales system. Not a sales system, a marketing system. We okay. generate leads or we generate e-commerce sales. And then it's up to the client to like run their service after that. Correct. But yeah. we'll help you. Like I got you become friends with people. When I meet a man that cares or a woman that cares about their business as much as I do, it's normally a connection. Make sense? Yeah. And I'm going to do everything, even if it's outside the scope of work. If I got to help you find a good CRM that makes sense for you, I'm not going to charge you. If I got to help you get a good business advisor or a network group, I'm not going to charge you. Like, do, like I want you to win so bad because that's all I care about is winning. Because I truly believe if you win, you're going to make money. I said to everyone, people say, oh, man, Lance, do you worry about money? Sec- I give more of my money away than I keep, and that's the truth. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's probably, like, looking at all this, like, you you don't need to build a business this big to be successful in, like, no. the financial sense. No. You don't. No. Like, when you get something this big, like, do you do you find that you get more and more of, like, your, like, intrinsic – like your, your energy from like your employees and like your team and like growing them, or is it like still growing the clients? Like where is like the energy from now? My ener- my, I'm the happiest when I'm in the product. Like you, I'll show you my conference room. Mm. You'll see for the last four weeks, all I've done is made our product better. You'll see the equations. You'll see the system. You'll see the logic. That's me leading it. Yeah. That's my funnest time. And my second funnest time is when I'm sitting with a client 
And whether it's good or bad, I don't care. So not everything's great. Like I tell people that, like, what world do you live in? Your marriage isn't going to be great every day. If you think it's a, you're going to have porn star sex every day, you might want to wake up and get into the real world because that ain't going to happen, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. Go get an OnlyFans account. Yeah, seriously. Like, it's just that simple. So in digital marketing and business, you're going to have good and bad. And our good outweighs the bad nine to one. Make sense? Yeah. My biggest, my biggest achievements is when a client's upset, doesn't think things are working, and we figure it out, we get it going, and they're happy, and they thank me. You know, it's easy to take a client and make them successful with digital marketing. It's actually the process works, the systems work. It's the hiccups that you really feel like, and my team feels like, we won this one. We won this one. Yeah. So, like, I watch and follow your, especially leading up to, like, me sitting down with you, I very much was like, this guy's got the juice is what we call it. Like you've got an energy like around you. You're trying to like move things forward in a positive sense. There's so many, I've met so many people through like the social media world at like building conventions or like different things where you're like, wow, like you aren't at all what we expected or what you present online. And then, like, so I started watching your Instagram and everything. I saw how many people you were actually helping. And it wasn't, like, your stories. It was, like, the showcase of, like, the people that were, like, on the journey with you that I was, like, wow, this guy has to be some doing something, you know, worth checking into if, like, so many people are being helped by just, like, what's around him or what you're creating. And then you showed me that video when we came in here about that, you know, that nice lady that you would just, like, I just did. stumbled across, like you she just walked up to me. The bank. You just walked up to you and was just like, "Hey, th- you like you helped me." Like, what's that like to experience that? Like when people are like, "Hey, like you know, you, you're coming here doing what you want to do and you're passionate about." But like when somebody's life changes because of something what you you're doing, like what's that like? I mean, so I don't do it. So the woman that just walked up to me, at the bank, you saw, she said yeah. she bought two properties since she watched my video and I helped her business, right? That's not why I do it so someone walks up to me. I know what I do makes an impact, and I sleep good at that night. Like, I know what I do and what my team here does works. I know we produce so much good work. I know we help people's businesses grow. I sleep good at night for that reason alone. When people walk up to me, it makes me feel good because I'm glad to hear their story. That woman bought two houses literally in a year. Yeah. That's, that's success. From a video that she watched of me talking on how to get the PPP money and how to go through the process. And her bank wouldn't help her, like she said. Right? So, um, I don't do it for that. When I started this company, I thought I'd have no more than 10 employees. I'd pick the right clients, help them build their company. Just kept growing, growing, growing. Now I'm so entrenched to it. It's all I know. I love it. I'm not miserable. Listen, I like IT. I do. But I don't love IT. Mm. I love digital marketing. Yeah. You know, I, you know, and I love shock. I love my company. I love my partner. I feel like I got the brightest guy in the world. I would not have made Scott my partner if I didn't think he was smarter than every other person I met in IT. There's no one smarter. He only had three employees when he met me three years ago. We're up to 70 employees on that side of the company now. Yeah. Think about that. And he was been around for 15 years prior. I said, my exact conversation when we joined, I said, Scott, you're, first of all, he's a good man. He's a family man. I won't do business with anyone that's not a good man and a family man. I wasn't a family man prior to having children. I was a, probably like you, you're a good-looking guy, single, wild, having fun. Now I have my children. I know what matters. I wish I would have wet my wife 20 years ago. I know it sounds stupid, but yeah. um, I feel like I wasted 20 years of my life um, on things that didn't matter. But I started a great life, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, but Scott, you know, with Shock IT, is the brightest man you'll ever meet when it comes to IT. He just didn't do a good job at communicating it. And now we told that story, and it skyrocketed. The other company I just bought, we doubled in the last six months since I bought them. And we were doing millions prior f- to me a month. and now by, by taking, like, what was already a good product and then, like, presenting it in a way that people could digest? I say this to people all the time. I say this to a doctor. I'm going to give you an example, right? So a doctor called me around Christmas time. And he was a pompous asshole because he thought he had the doctor tag, right? And... This is the problem when you when you reach a certain not being a certain amount of success because success is relative, right? Yeah. You know, there's private jet set money. Some people want. I don't want that. I'm good, man. Like I'm good. I'm I'm a happy guy. Yeah, you've got your dope van. You've got the, yeah. You're good. I, I'm good. I'm good. 
you know, I want to be with my family. I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy my kids. Um, but make a long story short, doctor calls me, starts being kind of rude about who he is and arrogant. And but he kept saying, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. I said, doctor, doctors are now retailers. He's like, excuse me? I said, you're no more than a footlocker, a, a retail location. Dennis have figured this out five years ago. Yeah. These doctors, yeah, these doctors <laughs> have not figured it out yet, right? Yeah. Dennis is, the good dentists, the ones that are making money, figured this out five, seven years ago. Yeah. They need asses in the seat. Every time someone's not in the seat, it's money lost, right? So, he, so I just said, nice. I said, doctor, you do realize a PlayStation 5 is more in demand than you right now. It's harder to find a PlayStation 5 than it is to find a doctor. I can go down Kensington and find a doctor on every corner. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And that's what people don't realize. You get the best product in the world, but if no one knows about you and where to find you mm. and you don't separate yourself from everyone else, it doesn't matter. There's 100 people that can install your HVAC system. you got to separate yourself. There's 100, it all might not be the same. It might not be, they might not take care of you the same. They might not give you the best insurance. They might not show up on time. Something goes wrong. They're all differentiators that you have to sell and explain to people. Mm. But if they can't find you, how do you do that? Yeah, that's, that's everything for a business. Especially, I, I feel like we're in kind of like a weird, you know, demographic in terms of age and generationally right now where you have like your baby boomers and then the, you know, the generations getting younger and younger, have more and more experience with phones. And then some of these people don't even know life without phones or iPhones. Like I can remember before phones and I feel very privileged that like I, I was on the edge of that transition. What do you think like in terms like you have probably business owners that are 20 years old through all through up. Like, what do you think like the obstacles are? Like, do you think people are starting to see social media as the tool it's supposed to be and they're just not using it right? Or do you still th see people like just completely being like, we don't want to do social media? Well, social media or digital marketing, I guess. So this is the social media is like just the yeah, platforms. The digital marketing is like the driving. So, I don't think people are educated enough. Make sense? Yeah. And it's sad. Because business owners think their niece posts on Facebook three times a week is actually making an impact on their business. You're just wasting your time. Like, we don't really post. We'll post organically here because I have the resources. But I don't expect anything from an organic post. Yeah. It's more of a happy birthday to my team. We use it for recruiting employees. They can We're see here. the culture. We're here. Um, but they attract new customers. Who's going to go stumble across a one SEO page and why? Nobody. There you go. Yeah. So you know the answer. But if I can tell someone's story, have a customer video testimonial, and then go shoot it to lawyers, that lawyer is saying the impact, a lawyer might contact us. They don't know how to do it, and they think they do, and they just hit the boost. They don't understand that's the wrong thing to do, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, digital marketing, I think people, you have two type of business owners. Ones that have been around for years without doing it, they don't understand it, so they're afraid to jump in. You have ones that have been around doing it. We have clients that have been here for 12 years since we started. I mean, that's, most agencies can never say that, yeah. ever. We have clients that have been with us for years. The turnover is, like, high in your The industry. high turnover. The turnover is insane because nothing's good enough a lot of times for people. So we do a very good job of explaining. You know, I tell people this all the time. There's the door. I promise you you'll come back inside of a year or two. And 50%, we have the sheet. I'll show it to you. 50% of the clients that leave us come back. Is that because... Like, you do a good job setting expectations in the beginning. Is it just because, like, you just really can't, r like, wrangle in that expectation at all in the beginning? It's the expectation. You got so many people out there selling dog shit saying, I could do this just yes. I can do better. I can do better. I can do it cheaper. I can do it cheaper. I'm going to give you an example. Lynn from Well Manager won't mind me telling this story, right? So Lynn from Well Manager came to us probably two and a half years ago, three years ago with us. She gave us, we built our site, we started getting everything going about seven months into it. This is a brand new organization, brand new thing, growing. One of the hardest things to do is get something off the ground. Wasn't a big budget at all. She went, she, she they fired us. They went to another organization. She went and gave them, I think her budget with us, full transparency, might have been like 4000 a month. She went to the next organization, gave them 25000 a month. Right here in Philadelphia. I'm not going to put the, the on blast, but Lynn Wellmanager will tell you this. Her sales went backwards from leaving us. Everything went backwards. She wound up with them for seven months, giving them twenty five grand a month. Finally, the private, like the financial backer, this guy Dan, I think his name was, super nice guy, literally called us back and said, and I just looked at everything. I said, "How do you give them that much money? You put this limit. We asked you for more money to make things even better. Mm -hmm. You kept telling. Us. Then you go and you went 
seven, eight times more. Is that because they went from like what like yours might be a medium shop and they went and thought they were going to like a we're bigger the, company? We're the largest company in Philadelphia. There might be one other. We're the I, thought, I thought so, but I don't really know the other people besides we're in, you. We're in the top two or 3% of agencies in the country size-wise. The average agency has one to 10 employees. And what like what other mark? Like there's like. 160 over nine. There's like a couple firms. Is Philadelphia like not really a hub for these kinds of agencies? Because on the internet, it seems like everybody's fucking doing this. It is, but look at the size of their agencies. They're one yeah. to 10 people, 10 to 20. I mean, a study I'll send it to you just came out, a big one. We're in the top two, 3%. I mean, not a lot of people, we're in the top 1% of Google Premier agencies. Okay. Our hardest thing is getting talent, keeping the talent, making them better and better, and making them the best experts they can be. Mm. Most people don't haven't been doing this so long and aren't as intense as me. To keep it moving forward. Okay. They get they get happy. Like you said, eight, ten people agency, you're gonna make a decent living. You're gonna make a good living. More than going working for somebody else, I can tell you that. Yeah. What what happened along the way that you went from being like Lance, I'm cool with ten employees and you know, making probably a great sum of money to being like Lance, I have a warehouse with a ton of employees. Um you know, I looked at my sister one day, and she's my CFO, and she was making good money. I was making good money. And then I looked at my employees, and Laura Novick that has been with me for 11 years, who I love, you know, a Ben Bechtel who's been with me for 10 years. And I just started saying, they deserve more. They deserve growth. They deserve the opportunity. And so you wanted to continue bringing your, your family up to your, like, to My the friends, the people that are with me, and say, you have an opportunity to grow. And that's why. Yeah. No other reason. You know, I've taken the same so money for, out of this for company for the last six, grow, seven. Yeah. Actually, last year I didn't take money out because of the pandemic. Right, I had to lay people off. Yeah. So you, in order for you to continue elevating the people in your family and in your organization, um, you had to elevate yourself continuously. Yeah, but I love what I do. This is. Yeah. I've never drove here and thought, man, shit, I'm going to work today. I thought, I love what I do. Yeah. I'm a fortunate guy. What can I get into today? Yeah. Like that's no, like, can, that's my belief. What can, can I get into today? That. You can definitely see that, like watching you just walk, just like when we're setting up all the cameras and everything. Like just watching you move around and interact with everything. I'm like, this this guy doesn't sit still. No, I don't I sit like, still. And I what can I get into? Like that's just my thing. And I can't say I have the same energy in my other companies. Mm. What I bring to them, I'm not saying this arrogantly, is leadership. I'm battle tested. This isn't my first company I built. I've now built multiple companies to multi-million dollar year companies. Mm. You know, I built yellowpages.com to 190 some million before I left. I mean, like here we'll do north of 15 million, just our fees this year, another 50 million in pass-through revenue. Yeah. I mean, you think about that. No other agencies are doing that around here. Like, you know, Shock IT will do north of 10 million this year. You know, my other company down south will do north of eight, nine million. So like, I built these companies, so where I bring it to them is the leadership. I've been here. I understand a P&L. I tell everyone if you're going to own a business, make sure you understand a P&L. Make sure you know it inside and out. Become best friends with your accountant. Um, so, I mean, it's the business side that I've been battle-tested. And I really – the part I don't like about the business is the interaction with the employees on some things on, you know, raises. I feel like I need to deserve more. And I just feel like people don't want to pay their dues. And – I look at it this way and say, you want everything instantly, all you're going to... Like, I look at the employees that left here. Most of them have not find a permanent home. Mm-hmm. Every year I see on LinkedIn, they're finding another job. So is it my company or is it them? Well, it's obviously not your company because in order for you... Like, we're... A, like, our construction company, we have 12 employees and we need 20. And it's taking... It's, like, kind of my job to get you know, those other eight, nine, 10 people that we're going to need for the next year or two. And I'm starting, I've been dealt so many lessons this year in terms of like retention. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been humbling in the sense that like when I come in here and I see this enterprise and like you've been doing it for 12 years, you have peop- multiple people that have been on the journey with you for longer than eight, nine, 10 years, you have 11. Um, that's obviously like a testament to you and how you're leading if you're able to like, keep because for every one person you have still here over that course of time you lost so many oh people. my god so yeah. like you do lose people you don't keep everybody you no meet, we you lose do, people but you do keep people any we keep people any agency that tells you don't lose people is an agency they're full of shit oh, that's any business they, they, they're, they, they're full of shit and this is what i say to people the reason why when you do b2b business is different 
when your HVAC install guy shows up to your house, you meet him once or twice yeah. during that. You don't see him for another 10 years. You don't know. You just remember the company's name. Here, we're meeting with our clients every two weeks, every month, depending on who you are. So if someone leaves, it impacts them, and they get scared to client. Makes sense? Mm. So you try and do the best you can, but right now, like you said, everyone with a laptop thinks they're a digital marketer. Every agency's out there just these smaller ones are just making promises. They can't deliver, but they don't care because they don't care about the business where we care about our clients, and that's why you have them for so many years. That's the biggest differentiator. You could text me, you could call me, you can touch with me. If you're a client of mine, I will drop whatever I'm doing to make sure you're happy. Is that your real cell phone number on your Instagram? Yes, it is. Do people contact you? through? Like, Absolutely. And they hit you up and they're like, hey, I got your number through Instagram? And Facebook. Yeah. I, I don't hide. I'm not afraid. Like, all these other people are afraid to hide, you know. But, you're bu- but you are a busy guy. You're responsible for a lot of mouths here. And you're probably, you know, like, you're, you're like me where you're constantly moving. So also having, like, people texting you, like, it just seems like a lot. I get bombarded with texts from Instagram, Facebook, probably no lie, and messages 40 to 50 a day. Oh, yeah. If not more. I respond, Casey or Carly will respond takes us 30 seconds to respond with something. Mm. If it's a real message, if it's the bullshit, you know, your spam. Cars, your car's warranties. Yeah. Up. yeah. You know, we're going <laughs> to respond because you took the time to reach out to me. Okay. And whatever it may be, somebody might be, yo, that post really made me think, or, hey, Lance, man, that was pretty cool. You put uh, gas in your diesel and you broke down. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, we always respond. And, you know, it's no different than this. When you're walking, and I can't, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, and I just automatically just think, and I just tell everyone this, you're the biggest a-hole in the world. The biggest a-hole in the world when you walk through a room if someone says hi to you and you don't say hi back. And I laugh because you see so many people do it. Yeah. Like, you'll make eye contact. You're, hey, how you doing, man? And they just keep walking. Like, dude, how hard is it just to be nice? Do you do that, like, when you're, like, walking around town, like, say you're out in Newtown, like, you walk past someone, are you like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone. Do you find that? It's my like, sons do it. I I didn't used to do that. My wife comes from a very much smaller town. Um, like, I grew up in the Newtown area. So, like, she does that. Um, and, like, so, like, I started trying to do it, and I always get rejected. People are always like, why is this guy saying hi to me? Like, yeah, I get it. Some, people, yeah. some people actually ask you, do I know you? Yeah, so everything do I right? know you? I'm like, I'm yeah. saying hi. Just yeah, some people, yeah, some people will be like, do I know you? No, you don't know me. You made eye contact you, you want to know me? Like, yeah, hey, I'm Lance. Like, <laughs> it's, we live in such a crazy world society. People have forgotten to be nice. And, like, if you go on Facebook today, you'll see people, like, smash me, my wife, a few people, not many, on this talented and I was just nice to everyone. I'm like, I'm not going to, and I actually say, like, this doesn't impact you. I wish you the best. Like, well, like because of the restaurant. So I closed it down. Uh, yeah. And, well, you were supposed to be committed to it. Well, I didn't. It's not my fault that the city made it impossible. I got a hundred other things going on. And you got to make a business decision of, it's not like I'm leaving you hanging. And I'm just making a die bar again. Yeah, I'm not going like to do attacking. that. I, I'm shutting this down to hurt you specifically. No, so it's we a, have such an odd notion. What man wants to go build a, something for his wife, have his name on it, the woman that he adores more than anyone else, put it on billboards, and then say, babe, we're going to shut this down. Yeah. What, what, man that, what was that conversation like? Can I like how'd that go? Was that like you went home and you were just like, hey, like my so my wife is the opposite of me. My wife's like a hippie. Okay. So if you met my wife, you would think she smoked weed when I met her. You would she's just so laid back. She's just a very non confront the only person she confronts in her life is me and her children. Mm-hmm. Like you would actually walk up to my wife and say, F you and she'd smile and walk away from you. Yeah. Like she's just she's not gonna confront you All back. Right, good job. No, yeah, yeah. She, she only confronts me and my children. Um She's the one that told me to sell it. My wife loves me. My wife knows my most important thing to me is my children. Mm. People think money matters. Money only matters to a certain point. When you have no money, you got to think about this. When you take someone that his salary was $1,200, $12,000 a year, when I made my first 100000 I was the richest kid in my network. Yeah. When I made my first 200000 I was the richest kid in my network. When I made my first 300000 I was the richest kid in my network. When I made my first half million, I was the richest kid in my network. Right. When I made my first million, I was the richest kid in my network. Because I came from such nothing. Yeah. So, like, you didn't have anything to ho- measure it against. Yeah. So, my wife knows that. My wife knows money's not my driver. It's the winning, the success. And she knew we couldn't commit to it. And she knows I love my boys too much. I didn't have a father. 
Mm. And every moment I'm with my children, I cherish it. I know it sounds corny, but it's all I want to be is with my children from that working. I understand. Like, people ask me why I don't go on boys' trips no more. And I feel like saying because I don't want to fucking go because I don't have my kids. (laughs) I don't want to regret not seeing my children. I I work so much. I don't want to. Not that I don't like you guys. If you brought your families, I would go everywhere with you. Yeah. Let's bring the kids. But I don't don't have a problem with boys' trips. I don't. I really don't. Yeah. But... It's just not, it's not what you, is your priority. Every time I go away from my children for three, four days, I travel so much for work. And then I'm going to go say to my children, I'm going to go sit in a bar for two, three days and drink or God, this is not for me. And I, and I have no problem with anyone does. It. I'm not saying a negative word about them. It's just not, it's not me. Yeah. I want to, I want, when I die on my bed, I want my kids to know all four of my sons. I did everything possible to see them every time I could. Yeah. You have a, don't you have like a wrestling whole setup in your house for your kids your kids are into wrestling right i do and my kids play soccer they're gonna go play football this year wrestling um i do a wrestling setup i think i saw i I just caught that one time when i was first first following you and i was like that's goals right there if i could just go downstairs and just like that that was like no nobody that was just the cool thing to see in somebody's basement just like you don't see that it's a full wrestling i said i built a just a 1800 square foot one down in my shore house okay um it's actually getting the match getting delivered today do you have like other kids come over and train absolutely yeah absolutely that's awesome and you know full transparency like i love wrestling i think it teaches you a lot i I believe without wrestling i wouldn't be where i am today part of it i think wrestling influence understanding you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for wrestling is that what you said Part of it, absolutely. Wrestling teaches you adversity. We're not talking about WWF here. We're talking about like... This is you taking your seven-year-old son and your five-year-old son and telling him to go out there and human peacock. Yeah. Go out there and dogfight like pit bulls. Yeah. Not to the death, but, you know, it's a civilized sport, they say, right? But when you watch it, I mean, I always say this to people, would you really have the ball sack to tell your five-year-old kid to go out there and wrestle another kid, seven-year-old kid? Probably not. Less than, I think it's, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know my children learn adversity and losing and how to handle those tough times now. It's going to pay dividends for them in the business world because business is so up and down. It's not always good. Adversity is always in your life. And the problem I truly believe why all these younger children, younger men and women, they don't know how to deal with adversity. Their parents never let them deal with it. Mm. And there's nothing worse than watching so my sons cry. that's specifically picked wrestling. I, I wrestled, and I sucked at it, but it helped change my life. Yeah, I well, mean, you don't have to be good at everything you do. No, listen, there's, yeah. there's a lot better wrestlers around me, you know, and I think it helps. I talk to my kids about what kind of business they're going to own when they're older. I talked about my kids. I don't ever talk to my kids about the NCAA finals or NCAA wrestling or going to the Olympics because, honestly, I hope that's not in the cards for my children. If they want that, it's different. Different path, though. Different, but I don't want that path for my children. It's an aggressive path. I want my children to wrestle, hopefully wrestle in high school, have fun, hang out with a few girls, enjoy life, go to college, start working on their business plan for what the rest of their life is, or go to trade school, HVAC, plumbing, roofing, electrical, and work on their plan to own a business and open that. What, like, it's, like, kind of weird that, like, we transitioned into this so easily. What, you love winning, like, winning Fundamentally, it's I have like, a tattooed on my arm. <laughs> winner, yeah. I got loser over here. That's all. What is it? Winning or not losing? I don't want to. I don't want to lose at anything I care about. There's a difference. If you challenge me to a game of basketball, I don't give a shit. Yeah. No offense. I go out there. I play. My buddy Matt Ratchap came in here. I think he was trying to play me for my Rolex. He'd beat me by twenty points. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, Ezra, a girl you that was in here. still got the watch on, this, he, so who won? He, he beat me, but that's not even <laughs> – he, he would crush me, but that's not the point is I wouldn't care. It's all for sport. Yeah. You know, we played a game last night at the end of wrestling practice. It's called toe taps, feet taps. You got to touch – and I, kids get so worked up at the end of it because they lose. I said, guys, this is for fun. Everything can't be so competitive. You know, you meet people that say, I'm competitive about everything. That's bullshit. Yeah. You're only competitive about what you care about. That's all I care about. Boom. I'm only competitive about what I care about. If I if I don't care about it, I'm not competitive because I won't do it. I care less. Yeah. See, I yeah, I couldn't say it any better than that because I think that sometimes people get when when somebody first asked me that question, like, are you more concerned with winning, or are you you know scared of losing so much that like you just don't give up? And I like I was like, wow, nobody's really ever you know challenged 
that part of like what gets me up every day. And then I thought about it for a minute and I was like, I really don't care so much about losing because every time I lose after I get over it, things move so fast. It's like that you, you learn more from losing that like, I, like I hate losing and I, I focus on like, you know, getting the win. But like when I do lose, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. I tell people this, you learn more from your failures than you do your victories. And anyone that doesn't believe that's a fool. Yeah. Because nobody looks back and says, how do I make the win better? Very seldomly. How do I win a little bit more? Hard, a little win, win harder. Yeah. The failures is what makes you say, what I do wrong? Was it systems? Was it processes? Was it leadership? Was it product? Was it the way we took it to market? Whatever it may be you're talking about, right? You failed. But am I afraid to fail? No. And, and this is why I tell people, why would I be afraid to fail? Like, who gives a shit? I, I don't give a Fail to who? Why do I give a shit what you think? You never ponied up and did one successful thing in your life. You work for someone for 40 hours a week. You get your salary, and that's fine. But you never nutsacked up, and you want to comment on my Facebook post? <laughs> Feel free, champ. Yeah, pull up a chair. Like, so it's easy from you from the sidelines to comment, but get into the trenches, do it, try it. And that's why it makes business owners such a unique brother and sisterhood because they've all been there. You asked about employees. Everyone's facing that struggle right now. Everyone's face, facing inflation right now. Everyone's having, Real business owners are having those real conversations. These candy asses you see on social media right now, I'm your consultant, I'm your guy. Well, if you never made it and you never did it, how are you going to help me? Does that frustrate you when, you, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you probably don't spend a lot of time scrolling social media, but you probably brush shoulders with people that are, you know, very quickly. And we see this a lot where it's like you somehow became a bajillionaire overnight and we should trust you to buy some service this person's selling. Like, does that frustrate you when you've, been grinding so long and someone thinks that they can just like take client. so like is it frustrating to you or are you frustrated because like they're victimizing the client like is it like what do you so did, let, let me you? let me put it in a full this is going to be kind of long-winded for you which kind of sucks but i'm going to be the full breadth of why i don't believe a word on social media what people say yeah just give you a full breath so about three years ago probably two years ago my wife starts crying in the kitchen i'll never forget the day it's like valentine's day She's just crying hysterical, my wife. I'm like, oh, shit, man, what I do, right? Like, you just never know, Check right? The date, you're like, what, did I miss something? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, what's up? And she's holding her phone, and she's like, why can't our family be like that? And there's a girl with her son, with her two children, and her husband, with these cakes at the count, not these cupcakes, right? And they're dressed nice. They're dressed in red, white, and whatever Valentine's Day colors are bullshit, right? And they're smiling ear to ear. Now, I never tell my wife about anything I know about people because I'm just a very, my wife has, like, I mean, she's crying. And my wife doesn't, she's not that kind of person. Yeah. She's like, I just can't get the house clean. She starts dumping on herself. I just, my wife does everything for my family. She, I run my businesses. My wife does everything. Like, when I say everything, so I'll never disagree because she has the hardest job ever. I said, babe, I'm going to tell you something about that picture. I know her and I know her well. She's been sleeping with X for the last five years. That's her side piece. How happy is she? Oh, and her husband mm. has been hooking up with this girl for the last seven months. And my wife looked at me and said, no way. I just showed her right on my on a group text. Yeah, like here it is. Here it is. And all this, like, what you believe is bullshit. Yeah. Give you another example. Guy says to me, he's, he has a Lambo in his picture on Facebook, right? Reaches <laughs> out to me. where this is going. Has a Lambo, has a consultant business, reaches out to me. I said, no problem, man. And I, I'm a straight-up guy, right? Yeah. I said, I'm going to be in Florida on this date. Love to meet you. So I knew this was all bullshit. Guy pulls up. He says, all right, Uber. He says, all right, great. I said, we're talking. And I always do this when someone acts like they're a big shit. I just drop my Black American Express out. Boom. So the metal hit the deck. Mm -hmm. Now I'm waiting for his. Because <laughs> anyone, you know, majority of people, that are, they'll have that. And so we get talking. He's like, well, I don't have it. I said, well, where's your Lambo? Oh, no. I said, let's take it out, man. He didn't have a Lambo. Yeah. So then he had no money, he had nothing to scam wars. I met probably ten people like that now in my lifetime on social media. Yeah, and also, you're probably good now at kind of just like you probably have Jedi senses. You're like, no, 
I don't even believe any of it that I see. Yeah. And it sounds horrible because I know it's all garbage. And the people that you do look at that I do know, I know they're not BSing. But they also have their own problems. Like, no, like the train wrecks that go out and just post on social media all their problems, you're probably never going to be successful. That's yeah. just not going to happen. The people that just go out there and show Lamborghinis and all this other stuff, that's not reality either. The true business owner is up with stress every night. The true business owner is worried about his employees, is worried about his clients, is worried about how do we move things forward, has a little bit of that fear in them of how do I keep making things better for everyone involved, right? Because deals have to be fair on every angle. And when they're not, people aren't happy, they'll go their own ways. So, no, I don't buy into, do I think it's more an employee issue that everyone thinks you can get rich fast? Yes, because that's not the reality of it. Yeah. Now, I think that's why you see depression at all-time high, suicide at all-time high, drug use at all-time high. Not to get into all that, but... Because of, like, everybody's shooting for the fences that aren't real. No, I mean, <laughs> this is what... Take Kardashian, right? Kim Kardashian was raised from a wealthy family in California that had access to a lot of different things to help her make it. Yeah. The average human being does not have that. Correct. But no one understands that. With access comes success. Without access, it gets very difficult. But they're like, I saw, when I, when I was in school, I went to school for economics the first time around, and I saw this, like, unique chart that some German dude had put together where it was, it had taken, it was basically nepotism, a chart on nepotism. Mm -hmm. Taken, like, the top wealthiest people in the world currently and assessed, like, where they started and, like, where they got to. And then it took, like, another population of people that started with nothing and now have something. And it kind of, like, measured, like, well, yeah, this person started as a, you know, a child whose parents were 100 millionaires, but now they're worth 400 billion. Okay. Like, so, like, you have that increase there. Like, do you think there's, you know, people can look at Kim Kardashian and say, like, well, you know, you started from where you and I did not. But, like, you also were able to build up a certain enterprise to, you know, a size that's impressive to someone like me. But, like, you know, you're further down the road. Like, to someone like you, is it – did she do anything unique in the business that she created, I guess, is what I'm asking. Yes, she did. Yeah. And she did. And this, this is what I say to everybody. I've never hated on anyone's success. Like, people like Donald Trump got tons of money. Well, look what he turned that into. You get cards – you get dealt the cards. When you sit down at a table and you play cards – you get dealt cards. You decide to play or not. I don't give a shit what the guy's cards next to me are. Yeah. That ain't my problem. I'm not a hater. I'm not a jealous person. If your cards are better than mine, I better figure out a way to get there. It's that simple. And that's how I look at my life. I don't look at other people. I don't judge them. I don't care. Is there two different starting lines? There's a different starting line for every single person in the country. And now you're, that's correct. But let me tell you something. You pick where you finish. Yeah. I can't pick where I started from. No. I can't help that my dad was a terrible human being. I can't help my mom had struggles and she did the best she can. I can't change any of that. What I can change is that was my starting line. Mm. What's my finish line? And that's how I look at it. That's why I'm not jealous. When I hear about someone else hitting a home run in business, I'm so happy for him. Like, I'm like, thank God. That's, a win for the, that's the win for the small guy or that guy because I know how hard it is no matter where you started from. Because yeah. no one walks up and just hands you money, Andrew. No one just says, man, Andrew, you're a great <laughs> guy. Here's $1,000 cash. Here's 100 But people believe that and think that. Yeah. So I look at it very different than most. Um, I don't ever can. I tell my children this every day, and I believe this with all my heart, and it's my next tattoo I'm getting. You compete with yourself and no one else. When you start competing with other people, it's where bad things happen. I tell my sons that all the time. That's, that's powerful. I tell my sons that all the time. I tell, like, in the wrestling community, these sick bastards, which I love, these sick people, they're always competing about who's better and who's doing better. And I laugh because when I hear these conversations, I'm like, the only person I'm competing with is my children. Mm. That's it. My children, I'm trying to make them the best they can be. I'm not competing with your son. I'm sorry. Whether your son beats my son or I beat your son, it, the next day we're doing the same thing. We're going back to work to make ourselves better. I don't even get into it. It's the mindset I have in business. People ask me, oh, well, how do you compare with this company? I don't care. I compete with myself. You know, you talk about starting playing fields. I asked someone today, um, we just happen to have about 401ks. The average American medium 
401k is about 45, 46,000 in their 40s. Think about how low that is. Now, the average 401k is 100 and some thousand because of all the money with wealth. We just went through this study today for another reason. And I always, this goes back to competing with yourself. Mm. You can't compete with other people on everything because that's where jealousy kicks in. Yeah. And if you're jealous, you'll never be successful. It's impossible to be su- successful jealous, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I don't think I can disagree with that. And like, I'm thinking and like, you know, just thinking about it real quick. What, when you're like your kids, you know, have them like in the wrestling thing, like what your day to day, you're obviously very busy here. Like what kind of time do you spend at home during like your day to day? I'm home if I'm not traveling Yeah, by six o'clock every night, the latest. I get up at four, four thirty. This morning I was up at three thirty. Sometimes I get up two thirty in the morning. I'll get up get at five thirty. Get up, work out. I'll just start work. I get up, I work. Okay. I get up, I start answering emails, responding, getting back to people. I, I look at a lot of data, information. You got like a home office set up. I do. Go into you just a little battle center. I do, but believe it or not, I sit at my kitchen table. I'm a loser. I said the same. I don't. I don't like change, so I sit at my kitchen table the majority of the time. I just I eat my grapefruit. I work for an hour, hour and a half. Then I'll go work out for thirty minutes to an hour, and then I literally. Get up, and I might wait for my children to get out of bed, hopefully, by 7. I get to see them, and then I'll literally uh, leave for work. But I'm home. I shut down every – now, I go back to work normally after practice every night. Yeah. I'll start answering emails, phone calls. But from about 6 to 8 every night, I'm with my children. I don't do anything else. Well, yeah, phone's off. Phone's not off. It's in my pocket. And I'll, if something's important, I'll pick up. But outside of that, I really try not to. I try to be with my kids. On the weekends, I'm with my kid, children every weekend. Yeah, so, like, but you, your kids do probably know how hard you're working when you're not there, or, like, are they at that age where it's still really not really cognizant? My son's seven. He wants to, he wants yeah. to, my son's seven. He's running around the house as Chewbacca the other day. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know. My other son's five. He's running around as a cop. They, 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 they can't, they're not cognitive enough to even understand what's going on. They want their Pezzes. They want their M&Ms. They're lollipops. <laughs> like, it's. We talk about business so they understand, and I keep reinforcing. I don't. Re, I reinforce business more than I do school. So you talk to them like you. You have like child like board meetings where you're like you're kind of being like you're like you're kind of cultivating those skills to be entrepreneurial, be elite, like those things Correct. that you find important. Now you're kind of like harvesting that in the car. I do it or in the drive. Like we'll get done a wrestling match, mm. and most people will go back and start talking about the wrestling match on the way home. I start talking about what kind of business you're going to own. Especially if my son loses, uh-huh. wrestlers, we're not even talking about that. Okay. So, same thing. So it's what kind of business we're going to own? What do you like doing? Like my son, Greggy, he wants to own a toy store so he can get more toys. How old is he? Five. He's five. <laughs> my son, Let's LJ. Go. My son, toy uh, stores on every corner. No doubt. LJ wants to own the Lions Den because he, he thinks the coolest thing the seven year old. Because that's what he loves interacting. He wants to be with He watches all the videos. So, you know. Do they know? Do like I'm. I'm. No, I don't have kids. My business partner has three kids that I'm around a lot. Like the YouTube channel for kids these days. Like, are your kids like they're on it all the time? They watch the YouTube. The, they're on it all the, the time. YouTube. I sound like an old guy. Yeah, they're on it all the time, and it's just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So nah. they do like. Do you show them like when your shows? Obviously, they don't really know what you're talking about, but like, do they show like, hey, like this what you're doing? Like, nah. get them into it at all? Or no, I mean, I don't do that because they're gonna be bored with it. I try and. Talk to my kids about leadership. Not, I talk to them all the time about not following other kids' behavior. Don't follow other people because once you become a follower, it's hard to get out of it. Yeah. I rather I tell my sons this all the time. I rather sit in a room, know I did the right thing by myself, and be in that room by myself and see a thousand people in the other room and not be part of their crowd. I said, do not follow other people. People want, for whatever reason, these younger kids to be accepted, and everybody wants to be accepted. I get that. I heard something cool the other day. I actually read it in a book. And like kind of on leadership and parenting, it was a general point that was like you when you are coaching people to be proud. It's like you don't want you don't want to go up to a child, especially and be like, hey, I'm proud of you. Like you kind of want to cultivate be like you're pr- like, are you proud of yourself? Like you should be proud of yourself. Like, do you do you spend a lot of time with that in your kids, like making them not followers, like move their own, you know, rock? Like, do you have to like we talk about following people, leadership, business a lot. Mm. I don't put much stock in the school. I don't I think I think school, I think the whole system's terrible. Yeah. They don't talk about entrepreneurship there. They don't talk about business. They don't teach kids how to read a P and L. Um, they don't make kids public speak from a young age. There's all that like 
if you either fit into their curriculum of two plus two equals four and you get it on the third time, or you're considered an idiot and you need special help. Yeah. Well, I was special at K through 12. How'd that work out? Yeah. Not being arrogant. I mean, I, but literally, yeah. I had the little bus. Everyone laughed at me getting on, and it made me feel so insecure because everyone told me I was stupid. I had mental issues. I had learning ability, which probably was true. But no, really what I was, I was a person that wanted to do the things he wanted to do because as soon as I got out of school, as soon as I got out of school, I excelled in everything I did. Yeah. So I don't believe in that. And I tell and my wife is fortunate that she actually believes in it too. Because if I put my sons into those boxes that you got to be great at, like I, you got to learn how to read. You need basics. You got to learn how to do math. I'm not saying school doesn't matter at all, but that's not going to be the litmus test for my children. Because I can show you a guy that owns a plumbing company that makes a lot more than the Val Victorian that graduated from Council Rock. Yeah, we, we had a, a photographer on the podcast last week. Mikey Knapps uh, started out as a bartender from like La Stala. And um, he, we were talking about how he was in school, like how he just didn't, he's like, I didn't do school. He's like, I just didn't do it. He's like, I went through kindergarten through 12th. I just, did, I just wasn't into it. And now look at him. He's killing it. And, and I said to him, I go, well, Mikey, and looking back at all that, like everything you didn't learn, what's, is there anything that you've like come up against where you're like, wow, I should have paid attention in third grade in that one time. And he said, honestly, the only thing that he has a problem with is, like, you, your, like, general grammar. Like, when he first started doing his first business back in the day, like, he sent out flyers and, like, his grammar was atrocious. He's like, other than that, look at me. I'm fine. Like, and, and I really, really wish that, you know, people listen to that or listen to this and, like, that have kids and, like, they kind of, like, think about, like, I think of Corona, especially this year, exposed and gave parents an opportunity to see, like, what is actually going on in a classroom or in that curriculum and like whether or not it's actually benefiting your kid because there was kids that were completely taken out of school this year that are excelling and then there's kids that were completely taken out of school that are not yeah so like i mean it's kind of like oh wow like do, my kid's a little different like maybe that program isn't for him or like maybe my kid does need that so like everybody's different but yeah i mean i respect teachers i respect the institution of education but i'm not being rude here unless you're going to be a history major yeah, what How's, is it? What is it? I mean, like, do you mean, like, so... If um, you were to start a kid's school, though, like, what would be, like, the five things that you would you would teach, like, ages, like, we'll just keep it small, like, high school? I know. Like, finance, personal finance? No, like, com- communication would be number one. Number one. How to talk to people. How you got... The, Text messaging, emails, you know, chats, they're not talking. Building relationships and communication is what's going to make you thrive or make you die. Eye Plain contact, and simple. speaking in front of people, everything Confidence. Like that. Do yeah. I seem like a shy guy? No. I mean, I, I work on it all the time. I've you talked very to easy. I got, you. You were animated. I reached right out to you. You're ready to go. You know, number two, you got to understand finances. You can't build any business. You can't. Your home is a business. Your home is a business. I got to pay a mortgage. I pay like you got to understand finances. You have to, mm. right? Number three, pick your battles. In school, I would teach kids from an early age pick your battles. I see so many people saying, "I'm going to go do this and go do this and go." Do-. No, pick one battle, win that battle, go to the next battle. If you try and fight five battles at a time, the army goes down. Yeah, because you spread too thin. No matter what you're doing, mm. whatever you're doing. Number four. I would really, 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 really talk to kids about helping other kids. You know, if you can help other people, you're going to be surprised how that pays so much dividends back to you. And you don't have to let everyone know what you're doing. You know, I have my things that mean a lot to me that I support. And probably number five, um, being a good citizen. I think we've lost that, like just being a good citizen. I see so many kids getting bullies. Monsters make monsters, I tell people this. And... There's a lot of monsters at our age that are parents. It's okay that they... So I'll give you an example. I was at a place, and I saw... I'm not going to put this dad on blast, but I was at an altitude place, and one of the kids that were with us, I saw him getting bullied. A kid kept throwing stuff at him. Now, I thought there was no way the guy over there could be this kid's dad that was throwing it at the kid that was with us. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, there's no way he could be tolerating that. Tolerance, right? And so the other kid kept saying, no, no, no. This boy's 10 years old, 11 years old. The other kid's probably 9, 10, 11 years old. Three, four minutes is happening. Just, just bullying this kid. Well, this kid's sister walks up. That's small. That's 
aggressive but smaller. And so that's my brother, leave him alone. The kid throws another block. Says, I'm telling you, all of a sudden, the girl pushes him down to the ground. This guy that I could throw, whoa, what is going on? It was okay when his son was doing it. As soon as it happened to his son, the world, the whole sky was falling out. This guy went ballistic. Mm. But I could give you a hundred examples of where I see that kind of behavior. As long as it's my kid doing it, I'm okay with it. As soon as it happens, I'm going to step in. And that's the problem. The parent's an asshole. You're going to have an asshole kid. Change that, you're going to change a lot in life. Yeah, so I guess, you know, start raising lions. My, I get everyone that knows me, my kids act up, they're going to be punished. I'm not going to allow my kid to bully your kid. I'm not going to allow my kid to be nasty to your kid. But I also won't allow your kid, I'll cut your kid out of my life. Yeah. It's that no simple. More, no more pool parties. No. <laughs> nothing. Just any, it doesn't matter what your it is. Your membership's revoked. Why yeah. would you want someone on, why would you want a parent that's trying to create a monster, knowingly or unknowingly, around your child? Yeah. No, I mean, perfect sense. Are you like, Already networking your kids, like you like kind of like have a little power friendship. Like, do you see like hey like like I don't like, I don't have kids, so I don't know what that's like. Nah. To be like, ah, that kid's problem. I tell my kids I'm very clear with them when they see certain behaviors. That's a problem. You don't want to be like that. I have no problem saying that. Okay, none. I'm not gonna say it to the well, parent. Yeah, I mean, if you took them away from that every time it happened, they wouldn't have like the example to fall back on. Also, you know, I, it's, sense. kids. You know, kids need friends. And when kids interact, you got to let them figure it out for themselves a lot of things. You really do because we as adults got to figure things out, mm-hmm. and we don't get much help, right? So it really starts at a young age letting them figure out. I try to let my sons figure a lot of things out. Mm-hmm. If the behavior is too off the wall, I'll say, hey, you don't want to be part of this. That's awesome. But, you know, we appreciate your time. I know it took a little bit nah. to get this done. Um, appreciate you guys I, having yeah, me. It was really nice talking yeah, I, to you. I really enjoyed meeting you. Um, I'm definitely going to stay in touch. Got a cool vibe here in your place. All your all your team seems great too. So you actually came in before I got to officially interview anyone on the new lines. Then we just redid the whole thing. Yeah, I was talking to Casey uh, yesterday. He's like, "Yeah, the studio is literally going to be in, in ready for you guys." And I was like, "Perfect." Like, yeah, you know the stars aligned, and this is great. Um, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing. I think you have a hard out at twelve. So I do. We took enough of your time. Um, Thank you. I appreciate. It. Listen, it's great. I really do appreciate. It. I look forward to hearing it. Yeah, of course. So thanks for coming on. Lance Bachman.